Hey there, Mark. Hi. I'm going to be really annoyed because normally I don't have to do any noise reduction on my own track because I'm good at recording. But uh-huh. as you know happened a few minutes ago, my the smoke alarm in my apartment spontaneously went off for no apparent reason and only beeped about four times and then just stopped. Yep. But just to hedge my bets, I turned on the air conditioning, which, even though you probably can't hear it, is droning on in the background and shows up on my recording as this constant background noise that I have to remove. Oh, shucks, Mark. It is a shucks situation. Yeah. But that's life. It's a real bummer. Do you always have to do noise reduction on my track? Oh, yeah. I always I always do it regardless. Okay, you like don't even check anymore. Well, I mean, you know I do I it. Just I suck that much. I do it on my own track as well, and it's for me. It's like I find a point where I accidentally breathed way too loudly into my microphone, mm-hmm. and I just kind of select for that noise and run it. It doesn't take like it takes like fifteen seconds to run it. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I do the same thing for you. I just find some long stretch where you were quiet, and find some point where there was some random backgroundy noise and. Uh, select for that yeah that is my favorite thing about audacity uh i don't know how to do anything similar or if similar things exist in any other audio program but it's just like magic how it works in audacity Mm -hmm. because i have to do it uh, actually jack got a new microphone (gasps) and congrats jack uh, yeah i know and even though the last uh episode of ohak is not going to happen because of recording troubles. Oh yeah. Jack's track sounded great. Aww. Normally he 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 records in his kitchen in his apartment with the window open. Wait, why does he have his window open? Cuz he's Jack. I've been and... in his apartment before. That doesn't seem like a good idea. And he's always playing with things and I think one time I had to run noise reduction four times to get it to a listenable <laughs> uh point it was bad oh jack Uh, but one thing it's a little early to be uh too proud of it but i figured that i might as well talk about it is Mm -hmm. last monday i decided maybe it was last sunday whenever it was i was like you know what i'm gonna try and run like every other day ish this week right nice so i'm gonna try and do like three runs total because you know thursdays i'm always busy and whatever whatever but so i went on a hike last sunday and on monday i was like okay i'm just gonna try and do like each time i go i just want to do a mile because that's the only point of reference that i have for running Mm -hmm. is how fast i used to be able to do a mile at different points in my life yeah and i've never run more than a mile straight really ever Mm mm-hmm so I figure, okay, I'm going to try and just keep working on a mile at a time and try and bring down that time to something that I feel better about. Mm-hmm. So just to play it real safe, on Monday, I, I well, first of all, on Monday, I did like a workout before I ran. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to just go do a mile and I'll do it at a 10 minute pace because I'd done it like a couple months before the last time I decided to run <laughs> at mm-hmm. a 10 minute pace. And I did it, and I was like, all right, I'm not happy about doing it at a 10-minute pace, but, like, I did it. 
Yeah. And that's step number one. And then Wednesday, I'm very sore. I was like, God, I don't want to run because I'm like, my legs are so sore from this workout that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I said that I'm going to do it. There's no reason not to. At some point, I need to get over myself and just do it because it's not going to get better. Uh, so I did it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and push myself a little bit. I'm just going to, like, I do it on a treadmill because okay, yeah. any direction, uh, like, no matter which direction I go in my neighborhood, you're going to uh, be uphill or something. It's an immediate, like, yeah, if I, I go up a hill to leave where my apartment is, and then it's immediately yeah. downhill for, uh, well, if I take a right, it's downhill for about a tenth of a mile. And then from there, it's either uphill for a mile or downhill for a mile. And mm-hmm. either way, I lose. <laughs> yeah. And if I go the other way, right out of my neighborhood, then it's a much steeper downhill drop for about two miles. <laughs> mm. And, like, I've walked down that hill and back up, and it's brutal. Like, it feels worse than hiking. Yeah. So, uh, for now, I'm just like, you know what? I can be consistent on a treadmill. It can keep the pace for me. Mm-hmm. I can track progress much more easily, so I'm just going to roll with this. Even though it's not perfect, it's something, right? Mm-hmm. So I set the I set the time to be, or I set the speed to be a bit faster. I was like, yeah, let's just see how long I can maintain this. Yeah. And like in the past, I know that there are times where I'd set a treadmill faster and be like, in my head, I think I can do this, and I get to a quarter mile. I'm like, God dang it! <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> yeah. so disappointing. By the time I knew it, it was like half a mile. I was like, all right, let's just keep going. And by the time I was done, I had run an 830 mile. Nice. So I was like, wow, that's pretty good progress. That's a minute and a half off. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I took a break for a couple of days and then did the same thing on Saturday. Did another 830. Wow. And then today after work, I was like, all right, let's just uh, try and crank it up a little bit more. And I... Uh, I'll, you know, it's like, I'll keep more specific track because technically I ran a 756. So I'm going to say that as a specific time instead of saying eight minutes because I feel happy that I just got slightly under eight minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's felt good. Nice. Yeah. Little steps. Mm -hmm. But it's good to just try and just start doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always good to get out there and just do things. I've been trying to do that to myself recently. Is just kind of, even if there's a day where it's like, I don't want to exercise and I don't feel like exercising, just like getting out and doing something. Yeah, even if it's just going been, for a walk or whatever. Yeah. My yep. goal has been just to like set the lowest bar possible because then it feels like it's not some big imposing thing to like accomplish my goal of meeting whatever bar I've set for myself. Yeah. And I notice that often when I set a really low bar, I reach that bar and then I continue to exceed it. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something my mom would always tell me that like 50% of the struggle is just kind of like that first step or kind of getting out the door or whatever. When I, or whatever you're doing, kind of just the the first little bit is the hardest part. But then once you're doing it, often it'll just kind of roll, and it's a lot less difficult. Yeah, and I even felt that already this afternoon when I got back from work, and it wasn't even like a a mental struggle to like reason myself out of running. I was just like, I came back and like 
I kind of stretched a little bit and then I got changed and just kind of like got ready to go to where the treadmill is and then just kind of mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this actually isn't that big of a deal. And and at least for now, it's nice that I've sort of just said to myself, you know, when I run, I'm just going to do a mile at a time and really push myself because I feel like I'm going to die afterward mm-hmm. and running more isn't going to help me that much. And I'll do another some bit of workout afterward. But the running part, it's like, oh, the better I keep doing this and the more I keep at it, the less time I'll have to spend doing it for at least a while mm-hmm. <laughs> until I decide that I'll want to start, you know, going for some sort of distance. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at least for now, it's like, oh, man, eight minutes. I can, you know, I, I waste eight minutes all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well waste it on a treadmill and then feel good about myself. Yeah. And You're then, really learning the mental games of running. Yeah. Of, the faster I do this, the quicker it'll be over. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, but it's kind of what puts me off running being out here. Like, it works doing it uh, times like this where it's like, oh, it's, you know, I just got off work. I'll go, mm-hmm. like, I know that when I, if I just go back to my room, I'll waste 25 minutes on YouTube. Yeah. You know, so let me just go run for eight and then, you know, watch YouTube in my very sweaty hands afterward. Mm-hmm. But it's harder to do it on, like, the weekend if I want to go do something active. And that's why I have gotten into hiking because I can't run for multiple hours, yeah. <laughs> especially on a treadmill. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so miserable! <laughs> uh, so that's why I do hiking because it's like I can go hiking for a couple hours yeah. and just be out there and know that it'll be a few hours until I get back and spend the day doing that. Mm-hmm. It's so. more of an activity rather than like exercise yeah Yeah, exactly so and i finally made the good decision to purchase cliff bars in bulk cliff bars are my hiking food of choice yes and i got them for less than a dollar per bar on amazon that's a good price dang i kind of got sick of stopping at cvs before every hike yeah (laughs) It got a little silly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, dude. Dope, bro. That's awesome. It's all turning up Mark. Yeah. I'm, I'll also just, like, put in this short snippet of congrats on, like, doing those times on a treadmill. Because, in my opinion, it's way harder to run on a treadmill than it is in real life. Hmm. Like, Why is I that? can... I find that I can run faster in real life than on a treadmill. And I, like, part of it is in terms of, like, long distances. Personally, I feel like treadmills just feel wrong because, like, when you're running, I think your body's used to getting, like, experiencing a change in stimuli around you in terms Mm, of, like, visual stimuli mostly. But, like, on a treadmill, it's the same thing all the time and so like eventually just starts to feel wrong and is harder to like keep going Mm -hmm. but in terms of just like pace on a treadmill you're like stuck to a fairly rigid pace and like i just find it really difficult to cope with that because i know when i'm running just like on my own in nature i don't run at a super consistent pace Mm -hmm. like there's a little bump here. I'll take a couple steps or a couple steps slower. Or 
like a little downhill here. I'll have like 10 steps that are a bit faster. And it's just like kind of the natural, like going with the curves of the road or whatever. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it feels personally for me when I run on a treadmill, it feels super unnatural and awkward. And so I find it really hard because to keep a pace because the pace is kept so externally from me, which I, from hearing what you said, it sounds like that might be something that actually helps you keep a pace. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm at the point where that's exactly what I need. Yeah. Because I can't, I don't know how to keep a pace otherwise. Yeah. And like for me, it's more of like. Because I guess you're really motivated by pace right now. But for me, like, when I go running, pace doesn't really matter that much. Like, I know it'll get done eventually, and it'll happen at whatever time it happens. And it's more, like, my focus when I run currently is more of, like, effort level. Like, am I trying mm-hmm. to, like, go easy, medium, or hard today? Sure. Kind of deal. Um, because, like, some days you're just having an off day. And so keeping a... 930 mile pace is going to feel like a really really hard day whereas the next day you're feeling a lot better so a 930 mile pace is going to feel like an easier medium day mm-hmm. and so it's just yeah yeah more I think... power to you for being able to run on a treadmill <laughs> because it's something that i personally am not really capable of doing sure. when i was traveling for business a couple weeks ago i ran like I think it was like 1.1 miles on a treadmill. My goal was to run two miles. Mm. I ran 1.1 miles and I was like, I'm exhausted. This sucks. I want to go back to bed. Yeah, I mean, so but I did also it. your background is cross country, which is yeah, which very is very different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very correct in that. For me, it's it definitely is like having something to keep the pace for me is just where I'm at, mm-hmm. and also being able to easily and consistently it's like i know that the treadmill isn't going to change you know and i i don't want to be running around with my phone with some tracking app on all the time and all that sort of stuff which is really the only other option for me if i want to Mm -hmm. be consistent in sort of trying to track how i'm doing yeah and the other thing like i don't mind running outside but what i hate like i need some sort of defined goal yeah and it's like okay if i know exactly this is a mile like running on a track like i never had any issues doing that because i knew what my goal was Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and you know on a treadmill they often have a little crappy track you know with little flashing lights that at least gives you uh, some point of reference as well other than the ticking number going up Mm -hmm. and i like that and the biggest issue for me is that because I'm so close to a freeway, I have to uh, go a mile before I reach a turn. Yep. Like, so if I were to run outside from where I am and not have to drive somewhere else to start, which I don't want to do. It's uh, like straight lined, which sucks. It, it is literally a straight line either up and down a hill or down and up a hill, depending on which uh, direction I go. And it's... And it's only one direction that it's about a mile until there's a turn. And that turn isn't really a good turn. Like, it just, you go across a bridge to, like, where a Jersey Mike's is. <laughs> like, yeah. And, it's unsatisfying. Yeah. And the other direction is definitely more than two miles uh, before you get to a turn to go up another hill. 
Yeah. And so those are like, I don't mind walking that. I walk it almost every weekend at this point. Uh, But running it is just beyond what I'm going to be doing right now until I get uh, in much better shape. Mm -hmm. So, but I will take your, uh, your praise and accept it graciously. Good. (laughs) All right. Shall we? Yeah. Oh man, this is a low effort comic. Come on, Grant. Okay. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> uh. Okay. Grant brought Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Calvin and Hobbes are leaning up against a tree, their hands folded in their laps. And Calvin says, Why do you suppose we're here? And Hobbes says, because we walked here. And Calvin says, no, no, I, I mean here on Earth. And the tigers, and Hobbes says, because Earth can support life. And Calvin says, no, I mean, why are we anywhere? Why do we exist? And Hobbes says, because we were born. And Calvin, scowling, says, forget it. And Hobbes, also scowling, says, I will thank you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So as always, Mark, I don't think you have any idea what direction I'm trying to take this comic in. So I'll just monologue for a quick sec here to explain what I'm thinking about. Unless you have an idea. If you have an idea, I'm open to guess. Uh, You go for it. So when I was reading this comic, I got the distinct feeling that Hobbes didn't want to be having this conversation. He was getting kind of annoyed with Kelvin's logic and thinking, and he was just kind of tired of it very quickly. Did you feel the same way? Wait, can you say that again? That Hobbes was, like, not super thrilled to be having this conversation. He felt like... Well, by the end, yes. Yeah, he wasn't super enthused about it in that he didn't really want to take the conversation down the path that Kelvin wanted to take it. Well, I mean, I've always interpreted this comic as Hobbes is just a relatively over-literal character, uh, oh, which plays okay. out. But we'll go with your... Uh, go with my incorrect interpretation yes, for now. Yes, we'll go just with that. Just humor me. Thank you. So it got me thinking about being a part of conversations that you don't really care about and okay it's something that i feel that way on a weekly basis okay good wow that (laughs) feels really validating and amazing to know that other people have that experience in life i don't think you caught my joke did you what conversation do i have on a weekly basis goodbye i hate you so much uh, Grant, a little slow on the uptake there. Oh, I walked right into that too, and you even had to explain it to me. Anyway, you were so, so I guess to start off our whole new year of comics, we're talking about how much Mark doesn't like doing this podcast. Uh, good. But anyway, getting back to what I wanted to talk about, and hopefully I don't get too many sarcastic comments about this is I've been thinking recently about like being a part of conversations that you don't really want to be a part of and kind of ways to get out of it or 
I guess another question if you want to ignore the first one of how to get out of weird conversations is like nah, that's a bad question Grant's podcasting skills are really on display right now he's changing his questions no. while he's saying them all I want to say is the start is I'm having a hard time finding the difference between what you seem to be wanting to ask at least uh, 15 seconds ago yeah, and what we talked about last time with awkward social situations at the climbing gym. No, they're different. I mean, like, I know they are different, but it feels like this is a superset of what we yeah. talked about last time. Which is fine. I'm just I'm just curious what you are if you have something in mind or what you're getting at. I don't know. There's a lot of I guess it's probably like looking at it kind of in a I don't know, like more of a like a holistic manner. It's probably a kind of a superset of like the same issues and difficulties, but personally it feels different because I view like awkward situations at the climbing gym differently than i view like awkward conversations about work where like someone's being about a coworker that i like personally kind of like and just like how to deal with awkward conversations like that or like someone at work starting to tell me about their passion for like birds and all the birds that are in the area and like birds are cool but like i don't really care and how to kind of gracefully bow out of those conversations. Because I, maybe this is the Midwestern in me, but like, I don't want to seem rude. But like, I also don't want to waste my time, like, listening to someone bitch about someone that I actually kind of like. Or like, listening to someone drone on and on about their love for birds or their love for this thing or that thing that I find very mundane and boring. Hmm. Do you ever have these sort of experiences, Mark, where, like, someone's I mean, talking to you about something you're completely uninterested in? I think that, as always, the bias here is going to be I don't talk to nearly as many people as you do. <sighs> and most of the people that I talk to are people whom I'm interested in. Mark, so, you got to talk to more annoying so people. Even Our podcast most... depends on it mundane things are you know are things that people that i care about care about and so i do my best to maintain interest yeah even if it's not my personal thing you know i want to try and help the conversation and i think that goes with strangers like you know like yeah i talk to random people whether it be at band or whatever like stuff happens and uh, the people that i talk to are often talking about you know positive things things that they care about and i find it really interesting to hear about uh the stuff that people are interested in because it allows me to learn more so that's that's just like a perception change i think like if i if someone wants to talk to me about their uh you know their various bird interests like yeah it's not something that i have any background in but i'm willing to listen yeah. Uh, obviously, the alternative of people complaining about their life and all that, if you have no investment in their life, that's obviously frustrating. <laughs> and so I can at least empathize with that perspective. 
I just don't think I have many co-workers who do that sort of stuff. At least not to me. Uh, okay. I think the, the short version is that uh, you are more of a true Midwestern because you're being polite even though you don't want to. <laughs> yes yes and and i'm different because i'm being polite because i'm nice okay (laughs) see but the difference here is i feel like you only get yourself into these situations with people that you have like genuine relationships with and genuinely care about and so like when i talk with people who like i have a genuine relationship and they're going on and on about something that they're passionate about. I'm actually, like, I feel like I'm actually interested in that. But the types of situations I'm talking about are, like, people who are, like, a vague acquaintance at work who are going way more in-depth into something than I ever expected them to go into. And it's like, I don't know how to get out of this. I just... And I guess those might be experiences that, Maybe you don't have because you're a better person than me and you just care about these people or for other reasons. I don't know. I just feel like I can't even imagine a scenario where this could be happening to me. Like it is beyond my ability to grasp how I could possibly be in a situation where some person that I barely know is talking to me about something that I either actively dislike or don't care about or am mostly apathetic towards like i don't even like i can't even imagine a scenario where that's happening to me and yet you just attract them like magnets and i don't understand how you do it maybe people just like talking to me maybe i just have like a a welcoming face or something mark has anyone told you you just seek out conversations because you need validation okay (laughs) i feel kind of attacked in that statement but it wasn't objectively an attack (laughs) <laughs> no that was mean uh i, I but okay, the seeking, the seeking out conversation definitely is true that you are a thousand times more likely to engage someone in conversation one way or another yeah yeah that's true and you're just always but, in a situation where that's possible and i'm just not because i choose not to but like okay one example uh last week there was one a moment during one of my days where like my water bottle at my desk was empty. So I went to fill it up with water. I went to the sink and started putting water in it. And then this guy rounded the corner who works at my company. And he started telling me about something that he was incredibly passionate about. I've talked to him like twice. And like 10 minutes later, he's still talking about this thing. I already filled up my water bottle. I never engaged him. Nothing. Like, I was just filling up my water bottle, and he started talking to me, and I didn't know what to do. Because, like, he seems like a nice guy, and so I didn't want to just say, like, fuck off, I need to go back to work, but also, like... God, your language is atrocious today. I know. I was going to warn you before the podcast that you're going to need to bleep some things. I already brought out my notebook to start taking notes of the timestamps. Sorry. That's okay. I just... I think I have a hard time believing that these people exist, even though I believe you. And I've probably... I don't probably, understand. I've See, what I don't believe is like that this. these situations don't happen in your life. 
because nobody just rounds the corner into a room and upon no no reasonable beginning to an interaction launches into a monologue about something that they care about for no apparent reason that's not a thing that people do at least was there a hello was there literally anything or did they just turn the like, corner and say they, you know what i love about yellow bellied well, sap like, suckers they, <laughs> they turned the corner and they were like hello and so i said hello back and then they went into their monologue because there was a window there with their bird feeder in it then at some point you have to be able to just be like like you fill up your water bottle and you say like you know like uh i just gotta go back to work man yeah because you gotta (laughs) i don't have to but i wanted to well that's why that you know that's always the thing you always say (laughs) that you have to when you just want to yeah okay I should stop having these conversations with you. They just make me feel bad about myself. You don't need to feel bad about yourself. You just need no, to feel bad fine. for working in a place I with such weird people. feel bad about myself. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to go on to your comic now, Mark. <laughs> You're okay, Grant. You no, are a polite person. I'm a horrible person. person. Mark no, doesn't not. like me anymore. That's not true. <laughs> See, there, prob- there probably is just... some credence to the fact that people would be more likely to engage with conversation than they would with me. Boom, my fishing for compliments worked. But I got a compliment. Woot woot. Okay. No, it's not a compliment. Uh, you, you have to, you're waiting. You missed your. No, no, we're going on. We're moving on <laughs> no, now. Yeah, okay. No. So, so I mean classic the other, by the Sam other aspect Hurt. of it. Anyway, <laughs> so in Mark's. Comment, Grant, Grant, I have editing power. You can't stop me. Aw, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> so what I was going to say. Is that it's a, it's a thing that is built up over time. I establish myself as someone who not is not not nice, just like just goes about their day, and I will engage when I feel like it. I will go out to lunch when it strikes me as something I'd like to do, and engage in a conversation when it's something I'd like to do. But beyond that, I don't concern myself with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that you are not that person, or at least have not built up any sort of reputation that might yeah, uh, no. precede you to be someone who would, they would be like, oh, I don't feel like having a conversation. I'll just say hello and have that be that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Okay. It's not an insult. It's just a difference in who we are. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I guess we ended on an insult, so. <laughs> okay, now we can move on. <laughs> Thank you, Master Mark. So, for this week, Mark's comic is um, from iBeam Classic by Sam Hurt, as I already said. Unless Mark edits that part out. Um, You'll never know. Yeah, I will. I'm going to listen to this episode just because you said that. (laughs) Anyway, so in this comic, there is a man and a woman at a looks like some sort of specialty sandwich shop and the woman is says boy i'm starving and the man replies yeah but the store is closed in an hour we can't afford to waste time eating if we want to spend more money and the woman responds back we could grab a quick bite in one of those little places 
these malls are so full of. Man says, there's one? There's one. Wow, wrong inflection. Anyway, they walk up to a shop labeled sandwiches on a stick. Well, what do you think, says the man. The lady says, smells fast. Let's go for it. And the man finally responds, as a concept, I like it. But is it food? I don't get it, Mark. That's okay. It's an old comic. I don't think it's that funny. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I'm (laughs) like, I read it before and I still struggled, struggled to do the delivery correctly. And by struggled, I mean I did the delivery incorrectly. I still don't get it. So it's it's irrelevant. I have a few questions for you. Hit me. But I think the main one, or not not necessarily a question. I just want to have a general discussion about fair food. Okay. I was just because I was considering going to the San Diego County Fair this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of ended up not because I didn't really feel like spending the money at the time, and also I was kind of on a on a high from being all healthy and running and stuff. I was like, I don't, I probably shouldn't go to the fair anyway. Yeah, Uh, I can, I can feel that. And third of all, I was kind of looking up what all is there. And I was like, man, I'm sure this is fine for the people here, but this looks like it sucks compared to the Minnesota state fair. Yeah. Like it's like San Diego County. It's very big. Uh, it's a pretty big fairgrounds. They get some pretty, like it's a 30 day long fair mm-hmm. and they get some pretty good headliners as well throughout at their grandstand. But I was kind of poking around the food, which is of course the best thing. Yeah. And the best I could tell is like, it was just like some random local restaurants and any sort of stands that they would have is more likely to just be like generic fair food. Mm-hmm. that you would get at your you know with just random stands that you would just find at your local uh you know city town fair or whatever yeah uh with nothing really that special mm-hmm. like maybe i'm wrong and hot dogs and crap like that yeah and so like maybe i'm wrong and i might still go back this upcoming weekend but i just wanted to uh, have a little reminiscence about the minnesota state fair even though it's not oh happening my right now gosh Oh my gosh. Because I didn't get to go last year. I'm not going to get to go this year. I don't mm-hmm. know when I'll get to go again. And so I'm just kind of just wanted to have a little chit chat about the state fair. Okay. So, but do particularly you want this... the food. Okay, the food. Can I start by asking what's your like go or not go to? What is your. Uh... What, like, what's your favorite fair food? And I say this hoping that you don't turn this question around because I can't name just one. Oh, yeah. I mean, favorite is just so hard. There's like Give me a couple. So I think there's I a difference a between favorites and must-haves. Go with must-haves. That's a way better way of describing what I'm looking for. Well, I'm also going to say what I would consider my favorite from one angle. Okay. So I must-have every time I go. I always go early in the morning. Oh, this is the other issue with the San Diego one. It doesn't open until 11 a.m. What? Yeah, how dumb is that? So that was the other thing that turned me off of it. <laughs> I Okay, I got to say, I've only been to the Minnesota State Fair, I think, once. 
like early in the morning and that was the best time to be at the it's fair. It's amazing. Yeah, I always go at whatever 8 or 9. It's a I, great. It's one of those things that like we did it once as a family and we hadn't we haven't really done it again or didn't do it again and I don't know why cuz it was awesome. Mhm. Yep. So that's one downside. But so when I go, I always go in the morning. If I if I can, like every once in a while I've gone and it's like, you know, it's an evening thing with some friends sort of a thing. But on in those years, I typically go twice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the first place I go to is the crepe stand. Which is right next to the, uh, I think it's the Blue Moon Drive-In near the Midway. Huh. If you are okay. familiar. I have never been to the crepe stand or the Blue Moon Drive-In. Okay, so it's basically, uh, it's right by the Midway. And the Blue Moon, it's like a, I mean, there's just a big crescent moon on top. Yeah. And it's like a, like a kind of a kind of diner food. Yeah. And you can choose to sit if there's space in the back in ripped out car seats for a quote unquote drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right next to it is the French Crippery, where you can get various kinds of crepes. Is how I will continue to say it. Uh, I often go for a savory sort of breakfast sandwich type crepe so you get some eggs and bacon and cheese in there but every once in a while i'll be like you know what? i'll go for a strawberries and cream thing if that's what i'm feeling yeah but that's one of the must-haves like that's how i want to start it like i can't like i know myself i very quickly got to the point where i can't start my day off at 8 a.m at the fair with really bad fried food yeah, yeah. it's just not going to be good so i try and go for something right away that's like Still very tasty, but it's going to help start a foundation for the day that will make me happy. Yes. Yes. Um, So that's a must-have. Obviously, Sweet Martha's is a must-have. That's Mm -hmm. the obvious one. Uh, Eventually, like, I always like going to the gator stand, the fried alligator. Really? Um, I've always enjoyed it, getting, like, a basket. Like, it's it's overpriced, but I kind of like the novelty of it. I get that in the frozen grapes. Okay. Um, okay. And I just, uh, it's an, I wouldn't say it's a must-have, but it is really good, and I think I've probably gone there most years that I've gone as a mostly adult. Because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've only done the corn roast once to my memory. Mm. Not for any particular reason. It just, like, never, it was never a thing that was like, oh, I really want to, even though, you know, whatever, a dollar. Like, I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It just never appealed to me. Uh, but I did it one year, and I was glad that I did. Yeah, I would say those three things are the main kind of staple things for me that I get each time. And then plus some random, you know, whatever other random stuff. Like uh, each year I try a different deep fried dessert. Okay. Uh, I can respect that. Yeah, one year my sister and I finally tried the deep fried Twinkie. I've done deep fried Reese's peanut butter cups, Um, some other stuff. But my favorite thing that I ever got... There's one time when Aaron and I went sometime when we were in college and we went in the evening and we walked in the gate and the first thing in front of us was a corn dog stand and we shared an 18 inch corn dog. 
How romantic. It was definitely my favorite thing ever, <laughs> having an 18-inch corn dog. It was absurd. It was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's one of those things that's mostly fun just because it's completely obscene. Yeah, but it still tasted just as good as any other corn dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's it why tastes it was the great. same. <laughs> because corn dog length and taste scales very well. Like, it yes. doesn't diminish the taste by just making it longer as long as you have the correct facilities to cook it in yes so that was awesome i would say that that's probably my favorite just from the novelty i just found it endlessly amusing okay that's that's solid i can respect that for sure how about you (laughs) okay one of the go-to's definitely has to be cheese curds Mm, um okay and they have to be accompanied by the quintessential mom story of make sure to choose or make sure to chew your cheese curds well because I had a friend who didn't chew a cheese curd well enough and choked on it because there was one piece that they swallowed and one piece <laughs> in their mouth and it was connected by a string of cheese. Which my mom tells us that story literally every time we eat cheese curds and I love her for it. Nice. And so. Did this friend uh, hopefully not die at least and just choked for a while? Yeah, just choked for a while and then was okay. fine. Well, that's hardly even a story then. <laughs> well, like someone had to like do the Heimlich on her. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> it, I'm sure it was traumatic for everyone involved. But... Yes. So cheese curds are a must. Because um, I've only gone to the Minnesota State Fair with my family my dad's thing that is like always a must is going to the dairy barn and getting like a milkshake or a malt or something, some Mm. ice cream treat. He loves doing that. And so we always do that. Um, I'm trying to think through like sweet Martha's cookies. That's one of the things that's on both of our lists for sure. Yeah. Just because like who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies that are slightly undercooked, like they're delicious. Mm hmm. Um, one thing that I don't know if it's a must have, but it's something that I did a number of years is by the grandstand, there's like a Philly cheesesteak stand. Oh, okay. And I've gotten that a number of times and it seems to always be delicious. Huh? Cause like, okay, what, what can go wrong? It's like, well, yeah, yeah. Beef I, I understand. Like, I just like, I'm always hesitant to commit to something that's like more of a meal. Yeah. At the fair. Especially like at the I, state fair. That's a big commitment. Yeah, like I go in mentally prepared for like just eating throughout the day. Yeah. The whole grazing philosophy. Yeah, and it would be way better for my stomach if I did was if I could commit to just like no I'll eat these three things and there'll be meals. Like it's not gonna happen. That's dumb. <laughs> well, but if you graze if you graze adventurously enough, a cheesesteak is only a snack. <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of what the gator is for me yeah it's probably meant to be a meal but let's be real it's a yeah. snack i also do like getting like the the turkey leg i've never personally got it but i've like people in my family have got it before while i've been oh, there it's fun. And i've always it's thought good. like should i have done that some point you should maybe i will next it's time tasty i don't know one of the things that i've done a couple times but I'm I'm on the fence about and not really that on the fence. But is the like unlimited milk? How oh, do you feel you've about never that? Never done the. Have you never done it? No, I have done it twice. Oh, uh, okay. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, 
I I was more gung ho about it a number of years ago, but I drink so little milk nowadays uh, that I know I'm just kind of in for a world of hurt if yeah. I were to make use of it. But like mm-hmm. whenever I go with Aaron, like Aaron always does it, and my dad would always do it, and so typically I'll like kind of be like, you know what, this is I'll I'll deal with the repercussions and just do it and get like a glass of chocolate milk or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I typically do it each year regardless because okay. it is tasty. Yeah. And to some extent, because I have milk so infrequently, like it hasn't, I don't not drink milk because I think it's gross. I just like don't have any particular desire to drink it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of don't. Um, But like a nice cold glass of chocolate milk in the middle of the day, like it does, it always sounds good in the moment. And so I just do it. Mm-hmm. It's all about impulse. Okay. That's a big thing at the state fair, isn't it? It's a lot of impulse. Oh yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the state <laughs> that's, fair that's is the built on point. the poor impulse control of Americans, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't say that. It, you kind of <laughs> like I know that when I go in, like I'm consciously choosing to have no impulse. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting concept that we don't have time to delve into. That we but... don't. Okay, I'll rephrase it differently so that it's not even tempting. Uh, I go in with the only regard being whether I will, whether I can make sure that I'll have time to make it to the next bathroom from wherever I'm walking. <laughs> I think we can uh, end it there. <laughs> that's solid. I really wish that had been a, something that could have been an episode title, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>